Right, are we all sitting comfortably? Then we'll begin. Hey there, fellow nerds and ne'er-do-wells, I'm AJ, and welcome back to the Adventurers Anonymous podcast, the home of improvised fantasy fucknuggetry. Come join us week by week as a rotating cast of geeks sip cocktails, play Dungeons and Dragons, and seek a glorious death. Now then, you've already heard us rabbit on about the patron feed, but if you're not already on there, why the hell not? There's all sorts of goodies up there, one-shots that you will not get access to on the normal podcast stream. There's parts of a short story that Matt once started writing about crayfishing. Um, Mr. Neil writes some very compelling canon lore and backstory for Tatty, and Maud has promised one day that she... No, she has contributed. There's a, there's a very mini episode of The Many Moans of Maud up there. That's, that's Maud giving us the middle finger there, listeners. I know this is an audio medium, but... Is that how my granddad could be Cliff Richard? Uh, I'm, uh, yes, it's about your hatred of ageing rockers, I think. Ageing celebrities. So there you go, that's in there. Right, before we get going, I am duty-bound to inform you that... This podcast is probably not suitable for little ears. It's mostly improvised and it's entirely inappropriate. Listener discretion, as always. Unless you want your children to be uh, interesting, then it's fine. Yeah, I was going to say, if you're, if, if you're a child and you're listening to this, take this as a sign that you're pretty cool uh, from us. Uh, Dungeons and Dragons players, we know what is cool. The fact that you have to refer to it as cool. <laughs> there you go. That's some yeah. validation for your parenting skills. I know what I am. Are you, are you who you are today because you were raised on a healthy diet of fantasy and swear words? Uh, I wasn't really raised on a diet of fantasy. Uh, I was raised, um, raised on a self-taught diet of, of self-taught. swear words. Well, like you just made uh, words up like yeah. flunge and just pointed a finger at your parents. and. Hey, it was better than flunge. Better than flunge. Oh, yeah. There you go. We've already had our first yeah. swear word listeners. Flunge. I remember the first time I saw a flunge. terrifying stuff right there you go we got that out of the way Uh, so without further ado go grab yourself a drink pull your chair closer to the fire and come join Chris, Matt, Chanel and myself for this week's episode please enjoy a quick legal note is that uh, due to recent changes by Wizards of the Coast we're no longer (laughs) playing Dungeons and Dragons we're playing a popular uh, uh, dice dice based role playing game (laughs) <laughs> have i missed some news here i was wondering when we'd get into this <laughs> they've they 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 need to release a, an official statement i think they're gonna do it today it could be it could be horrific it could be horrific what is it what's happened it's to do with like their open gaming license that like streamers and stuff use to like essentially use wizards of the coast's property for their for their streams, I must admit I haven't really been keeping up to date with it the last week or so. Um, Shit. <laughs> okay, listeners, welcome back to a real play Flungeons and Dragons podcast. Ain't no one getting sued on my watch. T- tunnels and right. big yes. flying Tun- tunnels, and tunnels and wi- tunnels and wyverns. The uh, the the. Yeah, the, uh, the uh, <laughs> TMW <laughs> Tunnels and Turtles, the new uh the new the, the new TTRPG. Uh yeah. <laughs> Basements and Pigeons. Basements and Pigeons. A very British role playing game. <laughs> right. 
Okay. So, Chanel, you may or may not have been there for a few weeks. Would you appreciate a catch-up? I would. I would. But I would like a catch-up um, from the from the perspective of Marvin and also <laughs> done in a good place. <laughs> AJ Jackson steps up to the plate. I was very happy. And then... Bad things happened. They ushered me into a side room and small children played with me. They put seashells in my beard and one of them milked my others. I don't even have others. I'm a male goat. This was scandalous. And then the noises stopped outside the door and they opened it and there she was. Maud, she was alive. Oh. <laughs> what a day! It, it sounds like it sounds like stories from an old people's home. Yeah, <laughs> I, have to, I, have to, I have to say before we move on, can we can we get a round of applause for that? Actually, I would give that ten out of ten. He wasn't a goat from the West Thank Country. Like I'm going to applause. <laughs> yeah. It's almost like a script straight from the West Wing world. <laughs> the West Wing world coming soon to. A podcast near you. Where Marvin's the president. <laughs> Come into a podcast stream near you. There you go. Right. I will give you a proper recap this time. Just imagine if someone's actually come to this fucking podcast for the first time this week and have made it this far. They ain't got a fucking clue what's going on. They are going to be confused. But here's a recap if you need to get yourself grounded. Last we left off with our intrepid adventurers, they were split into two parts. Belsia was up to his elbows in fine foods, at a restaurant, on a dinner date with the illustrious dragonborn bachelor, Al Garundi. And what started off awkwardly seemed to be blooming into something far more beautiful. Whether this was about love, or simply about a fiscal discount, was yet to be seen. But there was no denying, things were starting to heat up. At the exact same time, the rest of the party found themselves with Sister Perineus in the Church of the Blind Pauper, as she attempted to entertain a gaggle of young orphans. Thankfully, before Hanash could attempt his unique style of childcare, the church was attacked by dryads and combat ensued. Sister Perineus taking the kids and Marvin the goat, also a kid, see what I did there, off into a side room whilst blows were exchanged on the church floor. Naturally, the adventuring party prevailed, even managing to take down a particularly paunchy-looking etacap, which had arrived late to the party. Surveying the damage, Sister Perineus said that perhaps it was time she closed down the church for a while and took the orphans on a holiday down the coast in her caravan. And all that was left for us was to watch Belsiar and Algarundi walk through the moonlit cobbles of the city, hand in hand, as they strolled past the bloated corpse of Vermin-Frau the Dragon Turtle. Arriving at Al's back gate, they walked through into his wild herb garden as Belsiar decided to stay the night. We left as the French doors to the conservatory slowly closed behind them and the low rumble of moans could be heard from within. And that is where we will pick up with this week's episode. Marvin, thankfully, was blissfully unaware of the cloaca on cloaca action yeah, that was going on. I was on. waiting for the bit where Marvin was going to describe watching two uh, giant beasts just go at it. Uh... Scale on scale. Scale on scale. Yeah. <laughs> like magical sandpaper. I really, if it was a film, what would be happening is the fight would be going on, and then 
Hanash would lean against a pew with like sweat dripping off his brow as we'd cut back mm. to Belsiar as he was like leaning against a bread rail with like sweat dripping off his brow. And then we'd just keep on like having these horrific montages. Yeah. yeah. Lots, of, lots of bodily fluids in uh, both. Uh... <laughs> Speaking of bodily fluids, what are you drinking this week, Matt? Um, it's um, a can of steam brew, which I don't remember where it came from. Um, <laughs> Good. It may have been a Christmas present from someone, but it's a very nice can. Santa Claus. I'll show that all to the listeners at, at home. There we go. Steam brew. Looks like, Mr. Neil, are you, are you drinking a punk IPA there? Uh, I'm not. I'm drinking a Trekker from Quantock Brewery. Ah. Shout out to Quantock Brewery. Amazing. Never heard of them. Me neither. Quantock. Sounds like a Klingon swear word. Okay. <laughs> Chanel, what are you drinking? I am drinking excessive amounts of pink gin um, left over from Mr. Christopher himself and mixed with lychee juice stirred with my finger. Classy levels have As been exceeded. As all good cocktails should be. How avant-garde. Stirred with a greasy claw. Mm. Okay. Uh, I am drinking Johnny Walker whiskey, which was a lovely present from Tupelo and Cal and Dig. Not that they probably listen to this, but if on the off chance they ever do, thank you very much for that. I I'm thought, slowly working my way through. I thought they put this podcast on in tags all the time and just had it rolling for like ambient, <laughs> ambient music. Yes, that's right. That's why their cafe is always empty. Yeah. Because <laughs> they just play real play Dungeons and Dragons podcasts yeah. very loudly over the intercom. <laughs> okay. Shout out to Tiggs, I guess. <laughs> Shout out to Tiggs Cafe in Sheffield. <laughs> Nothing says pro veganism like watching two crocodiles fuck. Right. Here thankfully, we- thankfully, we don't have to watch it. You only have to hear about it. <laughs> Do they sound like. Two foxes in an alleyway. Well, right, what's going to happen now, because a gentleman never tells, I'm going to start the storyline from the morning. Now, Matt, if you would like to inform anybody what happened before you woke up in the morning, now is your opportunity. If you would like to keep it a treasured memory in your heart or in your therapy sessions, please do. But if you wish to tell any of us... How can you... How can you tempt me with such a crock and boom? Such such a terrible idea, but one that is so yes. it draws me to it. It's like uh, yes. I don't. I don't. Te- I don't tell even us know where, the, to, where, te- where to begin. Tell us about your long rest, Matthew. <laughs> <laughs> Phenomenal. Um, Did you have to use hit dice? <laughs> let, let's just say. No one rolled a natural one. No one rolled a natural one? I don't know what that means. Chris Neal at this point has had to stand yeah. up. He's so awkward. It's just, and he's pacing it, up and down. When he said dice, it didn't feel right. It didn't feel right. I get, hey, hey, it's a broad church, whatever, whatever people are into. Right now, right now, somewhere in the sexual kingdom... Somebody is asking their partner to push D4s up their ass. Did you just call it the sexual sexual kingdom? This isn't the fucking jungle. It's like the animal kingdom, except the sexual kingdom. Let's just say there was a lot of AC, ass and cloaca. (laughs) (laughs) What's the the DC? 
Dicks and crocodiles. Dicks and cloacas. I don't ass, know. Dicks ass, and claws. Ass and right. cloaca. Dick and cloaca. That's it. Dick and dick and clip. Right. That's okay. It. Good. ACDC. And I think yeah. I've, I've reached my limit for uh, <laughs> for, for comfort. I'm yeah. not sure I want to live anymore. Chanel, Chanel, have you got an interesting crocodile fact for us here? Oh, yeah, crocodiles yeah. purr. Hmm. What? They purr. They, purr. they um. They will sit well, with their well, eyes. Well, we know be- we know Algarundi did. So <laughs> they will sit with their eyes just above the waterline and they'll make small vibrations and other crocodiles will respond to that. So basically, Matt, at some point, Algarundi was just above the waterline <laughs> in the jacuzzi. Of course, yeah. oh. making, vibrations. making vibrations below the surface. Elsie, can to comment? This is no. Yeah, no, actually, I'm, I'm against my better judgment, starting to get an image in my head that they're just too, hmm. too, Two crocs hanging out in Al Grundy's private swimming pool. There's lots of tasteful, like Roman frescoes and columns and gold leaf. Just wow. two crocs hanging out in the water, doing what crocs okay. do. I think that's, are, you, that's, are you wearing trunks or is this like al fresco? Oh, this is this is that's the wrong strictly, word, by the way. But I mean, this yeah, is trunkless. You definitely you, you, trunkless. you definitely missed a trick there, AJ, with with calling it al fresco instead of al dente. <laughs> oh. Al Dente. Al Dente is that Al Grundy's uh, cousin. <laughs> yeah, different last name, same first name. That's, that's, that's how families work. work. That's how families work. I feel like that's, we're never going to get started with this episode if I don't take the bull by the horns. So we're going to start off with Belsiar. As the sunlight creeps through the bedroom window, you're wakened to the lovely feeling of a warm spot of light hitting the end of your snout. As you come to aching and you feel like a there's a real kind of like ache to your body as you've had a good workout, as you smell something wafting through the doorway like a rich aroma, as you roll over, the silk sheets sticking to it's you. Shame. <laughs> oh, that smell is shame. <laughs> oh, that smells shame. It smells, smells fruity. Um, as you roll over the silk sheet sticking to you, you notice that Algarundi is no longer in the bed with you. Okay, I'll, I'll assume he's downstairs in a in a comical apron cooking breakfast. So, um, am I am I are my dungarees nearby? I can't remember if I'm still wearing dungarees. Make me a perception check. Let's see, um, that's a uh, twelve. Twelve. Um, you're a little bit hazy on what happened last night, but you do remember that you turned up in a sequined suit. Oh, that was it, yes. Um, <laughs> so at first, your your natural reaction is to your Musty Meadows dungarees, but then you realise that, as you, you see on the floor, the beginning of a trail of clothes which leads to the bedroom as you follow it in reverse, starting with a bow tie. Of course. I guess I've got no option but to... Put it all on backwards, or in, in reverse <laughs> order. Yeah, put put a bow tie on, then the jacket, then the trousers. Okay. Um, so slowly putting your clothes on in reverse, a bit of a hodgepodge between Algarundi's clothes and yours, as they were all mixed <laughs> up on the stairs. Um, making your way across the landing, the first thing you notice is that one of the doorways on the landing is bricked up, fully. Um, 
It's been completely and entirely bricked up in an amateur kind of way as you look at it for a while. But then the smell of the aroma coming from downstairs, you, you, you give it no notice. As you keep walking down the stairs, picking up clothes and putting them on, you make your way into the kitchen. As you see in front of you, Algarundi in a dressing gown uh, has laid out in the conservatory on a table a continental breakfast as there's oh all the great God. trimmings of a full continental. He's, he's, he's too highbrow to have a full English. He's got a continental, so there's croissant and there's nice little triangles of toast and fresh butter. He's left the butter out so that it's spreadable. He's not the kind of fool who takes butter straight out the fridge and leaves it on the table so that it tears bread apart. Not a savage. He's let the butter come to room temperature because he's a gentleman. That's not what Bell you see said. him. <laughs> pour, you, you see him pouring you. It's going to be a lot of those tonight, guys. Just let me glass let me get of him out. Juice. Let me get him out. It's fine. I'll I'll get I'll I'll get him out. As he's like, oh, Bell, good morning, my goodness, Al, you truly are a, a crock after my heart. Continental breakfast. How did you know? Well. I thought you might be a little bit bloaty after last night and I didn't want to risk filling you full of meat. So I thought maybe a light continental as he passes you a bowl of granola. How delightful. Um, I take the bowl, I put some croissants, pan au chocolat in the bowl with everything else. Maybe some 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 um, meats. Just put it all in the bowl, mix it up, give it a good... He looks at you with a cocked eyebrow as he's like, well, I see they do things differently where you come from. Jesus Christ. It's a breakfast. You must bowl. have a hunger after last night. It's, uh, it's, uh, it's great. You should, you should try one. Um, are, are you working today? Is the shop open? Absolutely, yes. Your, your diminutive little friend asked about getting some um, jewels graded he wished to sell them so um we need to make our way back to the shop if you if are your legs working are you up for walking i do have a, a mysterious coating of uh of paint but um don't i don't know where that came from but yeah i'm i'm fine oh that's not paint okay okay I, sh shall i have a quick shower and freshen up and then uh... yes maybe best to um scrub off some of the enthusiasm from last night great bring um, off some of the enthusiasm from last night bring bring the acetone it's like it's like it's like watching to see who will blink first between you two in this <laughs> in this imaginary flirt off <laughs> Hey, this is brilliant. We're both exploring areas of our lives that are deeply uncomfortable. Yeah. Yeah. This is uh this is awkward. Um as you go to stand up, um having wolfed down a quick mixed breakfast of mashed up continental and yogurt, um you go to stand up as Algarundi nods. He picks up a copy of the paper as there you're you're in the conservatory with the French doors as you hear a scratching um a little bit like claws down a chalkboard on the glass the conservatory as you look over and you just see Paketo um, is standing at the glass doors with an absolute terrifying look on his face um, he's covered in blood he's holding a city watch badge in one hand and he's got a bag over one shoulder it's the classic crazy ex look 
The morning after when someone yeah. else turns up at the door covered in blood. <laughs> a police badge. Anyone else? No? No? Anyone else? No? There's no relatable? Okay. Wow. I, but I'm, I'm not even... Who knows? If my stalkers and my exes are listening to this podcast, I'll let you uh, be the judge of that. It's pretty, pretty ballsy. Um, yeah, shout out to the, uh, to the small nation, I think, of people that have either stalked or dated AJ in the past. Yeah, absolutely. I've got roadies. Thanks for the glassware. Groupies. <laughs> Groupies is the wrong word. Thank you for that, Chanel. That's great. That doesn't that doesn't name and shame people. Um, good. So yeah, you just see Picato standing there. He's like got blood smeared down one side of his face. He's holding a city watch badge in one hand, and he's got a small sack over one shoulder. As Al Garundi looks quizzically and opens the door, as Picato scutters back to you, and Cato flies in. As Cato like a proud child, hands you up a bag. Would it be wrong to just dismiss Picato? <laughs> I can't be dealing with this. <laughs> I don't, I've changed my mind. He blinked. Becoming a father was a mistake. He blinked. I, I reluctantly take the bag and open it. As you take the bag, you find inside it 32 gold. Oh, I take it all back. <laughs> A bunch of undelivered mail um, and a human thumb. I was gonna, I was gonna say, there's even an ear or or a thumb or a toe in here somewhere. Uh, no, there's there's a thumb, um, three letters, and thirty two gold in the bag. I'll, I'll take. Well, I guess I guess I'll take. You can't really leave the thumb anywhere, can you? As Al Garundi is like. I'll just uh, leave you to wash up uh, as he just hides behind his newspaper, <laughs> um, quaffing on a, a triangle of toast and sipping on some sipping on some fresh orange juice. As we pan back to the rest of the adventurers, we're just going to leave you to um, clean off last night's enthusiasm. Um, oh, he meant I'll leave, the- leave you to have a shower, not I'll leave you to wash all of the breakfast things. That's what I, I th- yeah. I think okay. they were dessert stains, Chanel. I'm pretty sure they were stains of a dessert oh, nature. Oh, did he ask him to just wash up all the breakfast stuff then? Is that what he just did? No. I love the way Chanel was playing Candy Crush and I wasn't, wasn't listening there at all. I was listening. <laughs> you were reading he said, the I'll Mail. leave you to wash up. And I was like, cheeky Yeah, bitch. he needs to have a shower. Like, uh, Belsiar's just a little bit sticky from last night. Algorand is not there. He's perfectly clean. I'll let I'll let you oh, decide on the implications of who was doing what. <laughs> I'm feeling very spicy tonight. I don't know what it is. Ooh. This is uh, it's, it's something in the it's Chris Rag isn't there yeah. to keep you in check. Yeah, yeah, usually he balances me out a little bit. He's the yin to your yang. Um, no, Al Garundi famously was in active combat and uh, got PTSD, <laughs> and he can no longer sweat. <laughs> Everyone knows that. Al Garundi can't sweat. It's a common, uh, yeah, it's a, it's a common, everyone yeah. knows at least one person who's... Yeah, everyone knows one person who can't sweat Love due to PTSD yeah. from action in combat. Yeah, I was, I was about to say, I'm, I'm feeling a little bit worried about Al Garundi now, based on that comment. <laughs> it's all right, he's off to Pizza Express later. <laughs> that's, where, that's, where the, that's where that bricked up door goes, goes into a Pizza Express. Yeah, that is The best bit is, clearly none of you remember what the bricked up door is, but let's not worry about that. Right, we're going to pan back just as Chanel walks away from the microphone. We're going to pan back to the rest of the adventuring party. You all find yourselves um, 
you've fought through the night with the beasts as it was late when you we're going to go back in time a little bit so you're now um while while um belsiar is having his own battles and his own struggles uh you are saying your goodbyes to sister perineus before she takes the orphans off on a on a extended holiday and tries to get away from the interests of the dryads is there anything in particular you would like to do or say um i think probably we probably go back to the busty barnacle because mm. i think we've still got we've still got a room there i would like to tr- i would like to try and uh, what time is it roughly now or like what kind of time like late about nine o'clock in the evening late evening dinner was about seven thirty with for Belsia. Um I think I'm good. Yeah. I think I for me just go back to the busty barnacle and get a, a decent night's rest in. Okay. As you are about to leave, Sister Perinea says, As a kindness to you, you did a good turn for me. Maud, would you like me to have a look at your nose? Um yes please. Maud would Maud is very, very untrusting. She doesn't trust people. She doesn't like churches. There we go. As Sister Perineus has, has asked Maud whether, as one last kindness, she would like her to, to look at her pendulous dick nose that Maud was cursed with when she abused a fairy many, 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 many episodes ago, listeners. You're an OG listener if you can remember when Maud got a dick nose from a fairy. Maud, Maud doesn't really particularly trust people. She doesn't trust people. She doesn't like churches. Definitely doesn't like nuns. Um, but she senses a kindness in this woman. Um, and she allows her. She takes a small step, faltering step forward and says yes. Okay. And smiles with all of her fangs. Jesus Christ. <laughs> it's a bit like watching the terminator learning how to smile Um, (laughs) as maud takes a step forward sister perineus takes a step back and then sister perineus realizes that this isn't an aggravated assault and um she's like all right you come and you sit with me as hanash helps turn over a pew as sister perineus comes and sits and she she pets marvin marvin's looking slightly nervous as you sit down um, Maud with Sister Perineus, she says, "Do you have any kind of faith at all?" I believe in the believe in um, in a rage. Okay, <laughs> and that's um, true faith. The love of cheese. The love of cheese and rage. Okay, in Jesus we trust. She's like, <laughs> well, in the cheese we have that in common, but maybe not so much the anger. Okay, all right. I have a half-decent track record at stuff like this. Um, she takes your nose in her hand as it's freezing cold. Her, her hand is absolutely freezing. And she's like, oh, where are my manners? Where are my manners? I'm very sorry. As um, she picks up one of the bowls that had hot coals in it and she warms her hands on it. As she then extends her hand out and she just um, she gets a two-handed grip on your nose. Interesting. Uh, she gets a two-handed grip on your nose and you feel a lovely warmth emanate up the back passage shaft of your face. 
Um, as she's like, all right, you, will you join me? Maybe close your eyes. If you believe in anything, maybe, maybe close your eyes and maybe think of positive things. Could you do that for me? Uh, I'd like to close my eyes. But as I slowly become more comfortable, I, uh, I start humming, slightly swaying. Going to do a Pentecostal two-step. And uh, I start off with the first couple of bars of Club Tropicana. Okay. She's like, all right, you come join with me. And she's like, can you make me a religion check, please? There's a religion check on it. Hold on. No, I don't have a religion check on it. Hold on. Oh, yes, I do. Mord is so backslid and then apostate that her character doesn't actually have a religion. 17. 17. Um, she uh, got a three. So as she's, hu- she at her she's job, humming she? away, she's, she's humming away and pumping away. And she's like, <laughs> come on, Chandra, heal this nose. Yes, you can. As um, you, you start going to a, you find yourself go into a warm place. The more she rubs your nose, the harder your nose gets as you just find all the blood rushing out of your face into your nose. You feel yourself relaxing. Not sure I signed up for this on a Thursday. You feel yourself on. relaxing yeah. um, as your node, nose becomes um, turgid. Um, as you drift off into a peaceful state, as you just hear her in the background say, come on. Come on, that's it. That's it. You just come. Just lay there. Just lay there and, and just stay relaxed. Oh, dear, this isn't working. Oh, boy, that's right. Keep your eyes closed. That's right. Um, as you feel something warm I'd and like wet. I'd like to start slowly growling as I hear it going worse and yeah. worse. Yeah, she's like, come on, Chandra, don't let me down. She, she got, you hear her getting a bit breathy after a while. And she's like, all right, um... All right, look, I'm an old lady, and this doesn't always work, and clearly this is not going to work today. Sometimes performance issues happen, and what we should really take away from this is that we both tried, and that this is a safe space. So, um, I'm very sorry, but uh, I tried. (laughs) Uh, I'd like to become very indignant. Oh, uh, right. I mean... But I'm very indignant. Um, my nose is in all kinds of interesting states. And now I have to wander around like that. As Sister Peronius is like, I'm very sorry. Look, I tried. I tried. Look, don't. I, I just some days it doesn't work. Some days it's more about trying than. I, I would like to. Maud is a vicious creature. Um, known oh for not so many feelings. But Maud was really heart set on getting her nose fixed. And when it doesn't work, she's absolutely devastated. And Maud would like to softly cry. Oh. Oh. As Maud softly cries, Marvin walks up to you and he rubs his nose against your leg. As Sister Peronius looks over at the gently weeping form of Maud, she's like, Oh, fuck. It never gets easier, does it? I fucking hate emotion. Public displays of emotion. Jesus Christ. Can I, um, because 
Um, I think because Tati was the one who wanted to come back here basically so that they could heal Maud's thick nose. Tati's just going to like walk up to her and like put out his hand like he's like he's going for a handshake. But instead of like shaking hands, he just like holds a hand for like a second. He doesn't say anything. He just like holds a hand for a second and then and then let's go. Aristobulus also walks over as he goes to reach out a hand to the crying form of no. Maud. Crying form of Maud. No. He his hand goes straight past yours, and you just feel him hold on to your nose as he's like, "I don't mind having a go. I'm in connection with a couple of fairly important gods." As he closes his eyes, whew, and gets an eighteen. As you see, sweat beading on Aristobulus's brow, brow as um, one of his eyes glows red and the other eye glows green. As he sways backwards and forwards on his feet, as you feel electrical crackling energy shooting up the shaft of your nose, almost like, do you know when you inhale pepper or mustard and it just crackles up your nasal package? What the fuck am I talking about, kids? As almost like when you inhale pepper or mustard, you can feel it crackling up your nasal passage. You, you feel a tightening of your synapses as you feel a clenching as Aristobulus pumps and pumps and pumps as he reaches his sweaty palms away from you as he looks down and just tears are welling up in Aristobulus's eyes and he's like, I knew one day there'd be a miracle in my name. I knew. I am holy. As your nose is now about two-thirds shorter than it used to be. Is it back to exactly what it was? It's a little bit longer than it was. As Sister Perineus looks over and she's like, fucking beginner's luck. As <laughs> she just stands up and walks off into a side room. Brilliant. Now Aristobulus is gently weeping. I'd like to, I'd like to hug Aristobulus, but like from afar. <laughs> Yeah, like a like a like a one yeah. like a one touch. Like hug. even like as a, I pull away, like done. the sticky residue just sticking to me, and yeah, yeah. As as you go into hug Aristobulus, he's like, I'd just like to clarify exactly what this is. I'm not very good at reading. I'd like signals. to grab his voice and just stop him talking. Not helping. Okay, it's one of them. <laughs> stop it! Stop it! Right, what are the rest of you doing? What are you doing, Tati? Um, I think that's, I think I'm, I think I'm pretty good. I, I, I think now that, now that Maud's nose has been healed, I'm good with, good with going, going and getting a night's rest. We'll say, we'll say bye to Petunia, send, send them along their way. Okay. Uh, if they leave in the church. Um, yeah, we'll head back to the busty barnacle. Okay. Sister Pyrenees comes out and she hugs each of you in turn. Except Aristobulus, she no longer makes eye contact or acknowledges Aristobulus's existence, as she gives an extra mm. special long hug to Hanash, almost inappropriately long, as he tries to detach himself from her. She just engages for a little bit too long, as she tells each of you that Chandra will watch over you, uh, and that one day you will be reunited. As she says, she will leave word of her whereabouts with Civit Cloaca, the 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 um. The in the in the the pub landlord the of the busty barnacle innkeeper. Thank you. I was going to call him an innsman, and then I was like, I nearly got to a publican, but then I couldn't work out whether a publican is the person who runs a pub or a person who frequents a pub. Mm-hmm. But 
Um, right, the landlord of the Busty Barnacle. She says she will leave word with Civic Cloaca. As you make your way through the warm evening, it's moonlit cobbles as you make your way back to the Busty Barnacle. Then as you come through the door, the last of the evening's revelries are still going on. Uh, you're tired, your muscles are sore, you're achy. Civic Cloaca waves at you and... Um, hands each of you a bowl of stew and a spoon as you make your way back up to your bedroom. Is there anything you particularly want to do before you rest up for the evening? Don't think so. I think me and Barbara catch a, catch a little spot in the corner of the room like we did before. Um, and just make sure she's comfortable. Make sure she gets some stew as well. And then um, try and get some sleep. Okay, that's lovely. Um, Maud, anything you want to do? Uh, Margaret and I have been reunited and we are cold up in the bed. Here's the little spoon. Okay. As you all go to bed down, you see Aristobulus in the corner who's just looking at his hands <laughs> in wonderment and he's um, trying to do tricks and magic and he's like, come on, come on. As he's just like really ruffling his brow and trying to concentrate. He's, he's trying to move a glass on the table with the power using his hands and nothing's happening as just sweat is bucketing off his brow. As you all get a good night's sleep, you can all have a long rest if you want. Even, do you know what, Belsia, despite your antics, I'll still say that a combination of um, wine and... Um, Fucking! Wow. <laughs> I was going to say aphrodisiacs, but if you just want to go... Lo- love making. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Sweet. So sweet. <laughs> so you got pumped and you can you can have a long rest. <laughs> um tannins and cloacal care allow you to get a good night's rest. As you all wake up in the morning, you're all rested in the um in as we're gonna quickly pan back. Belsia, is there anything you particularly want to do as you're all washed up? Back in your sequin suit, Kato on your shoulder. You scrub the worst of the blood off Pakato. Um, you've got 53 gold. You've got three undelivered letters, um, all of which are postmarked in Nicodranus. Um, and you've also got a human thumb. What are you doing with the human thumb? The human thumb hasn't been cut. It's been bitten. It has like a ragged edge to it, like it's been gnawed off. The right thing to do would be... To to find the owner of the thumb, like uh, Cinderella, um, <laughs> just have all the eligible <laughs> thumbs in in the city. But the serial killer version. It's some weird like serial killers rom com. <laughs> um, uh, that's Thumbderella. D- does um, Al Grundy have like a? I assume he's got a nice kitchen. It's got like a food, like Americans have, like a food processor in the sink oh i see yeah yeah yeah, yeah. As, as you walk into algarundi's kitchen it's amazing it's literally orgasmic he's got a central island in the middle um he's got a whole range does the island have does the island have a sink in the middle it's got one of those ones a bit like in a restaurant where it hangs down like an elephant's trunk yeah. so oh, that you can nice. wash the plates on it very very fancy of course he would um as you look over you see um, all of his pans are copper. Uh, all of his pots are iron. Uh, he's got a lot of Dutch iron Dutch ovens, uh, like cooking pots and casserole dishes. Um, as 
you see a hand coffee bean grinder oh, on the side. This this is more sexual than the actual sex. This this beautiful <laughs> picture of the, the wonderful kitchen. <laughs> Jesus, age Christ, listeners. Has he got a Sage coffee machine? <laughs> Shout out to Sage. <laughs> other other coffee machines are available. Not we're not sponsored. No. No, not if, <laughs> not if you've got any sense, they're not. Okay. Uh, what, what are you doing with the thumb? Uh, he's also got a, he's got a, he's got a larder, like a cool room. Uh, when you walk in there, there's cheeses and meats. Uh, he's got a 21-age day porter steak hanging up. Can I, can I put the thumb next to the meats? And maybe someone will think it's just, yep. you know. Yeah, yeah, just yeah. Just some ham on. Yeah, Absolutely. As uh, he's got a load of like um, different sausages hanging up there, as you just sneak the thumb up um, amongst all the various hanging, drying meats, as you come back out, um, Al Grundy is now facing you as you walk back out of the cool room larder. Bell, what are you up to? I'm just admiring your uh, beautiful larder and uh, my kitchen. Oh, I thought you said my udder. <laughs> yeah. Yes, I was going to say, you've already seen my udders. Um, the larder, yes, well, I'm a man of... Crocodiles have udders. No, no, they don't. Um, yes, I'm a man who likes the finer things in life. Before you go, and I know I must let you go, when can I see you again, Belle? Well... Please tell me that this wasn't like... All the others. A one-night stand. I'm a busy man. I'm often adventuring, but... Oh. I I can come by my uh, my business partner and and not a pimp, Tatty Bojangles. I believe has some business with you. <laughs> <laughs> so, oh, of course, of course. Well, look, after last night and after the antics, um, I feel it's. I feel I owe you. No, twenty percent possibly. Discount. Are you sure? Well, okay, if you insist. 20, 25%? That's very kind. I said 20%. Yeah. Did you um, say 20? I said 20%. <laughs> Remember, 20%. Clearly wasn't that good, was it? <laughs> the voice of Maud floats Jeez. in from somewhere. <laughs> the, the voice of Maud in Balthiar's mind. Should have tried harder. <laughs> Balthiar takes 1d4 psychic damage. <laughs> Um, Belsia, as, as he offers you 20% off, he holds your hand in his and he says, I will meet you down at the shop in shortly, all right? I need to go and speak to my friend who will evaluate Tati's family jewels. <laughs> well, sure. I'll, uh, I'll see you there. <laughs> and maybe you can evaluate my family jewels at an unspecified date in the future. Oh, stop it. As you go to leave, he's like, did you forget something? As you turn around, he just hands you back Pocato. Of course. Who's just scowling. He's like, please don't leave this here. Pocato, have you seen uh, your big brother? Have you eaten your big brother? <laughs> it amuses me so much that these two are known as brothers. <laughs> you hear a groaning from your pocket. As you look down, you see Cato has put himself back in his pocket as you just hear a little crow's voice saying, Oh, get me a Bloody Mary, Jesus Christ, the hangover. Okay, okay, those arcades can be pretty, uh, but we'll, 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 we'll get you, uh, we'll get you something to 
make you feel better. Thank you. I presume at this point you're going to make your way back to um, the crusty cloaca, um, the crusty barnacle, <laughs> the busty barnacle. You're going to make your way back to the busty barnacle. I'd love to visit the crusty cloaca. Wow. But uh, maybe not on this trip. <laughs> yeah, right in. As you passively rub E45 cream onto your uh, cloaca. Um, as you make your way back to the busty barnacle, you walk into the front of the bar with the walk of shame, holding your patent leather shoes in one hand as the adventuring party come down from their slumber, each of you meeting, staring at each other from across the bar. Civic Cloaca is still there polishing glasses, just like he never slept. He's there polishing glasses and putting them back behind the bar. I, um, I look at, I look at Melsiar and I just, I just go, huh? Go get us in spring on my step. Maud would like to step forward, high five Belsiar, <laughs> and ask him how his rim is. <laughs> how is what is? Comedy comes in threes, people. <laughs> how is what is? Rim. His rib. R- rim. Rim. Oh, his rim. Sorry, yes. My neighbours are going to think something weird's going on now. Just me shouting. I assume Belsiar's no walking in like John Wayne. <laughs> Belsiar's just got like a, a limp <laughs> from his shattered pelvis. Dragging his tail after him. Uh, my, my room is like a glass of tequila. Salty. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Can we all just take a second? Can we all just take a second to take that in? Just... Just let it sit. Thank God you can cut cut these, all of this out. <laughs> None of this is going in. Nope. This is all. That was fucking. Well, that, was, that was fucking gold. That was <laughs> fucking gold. That has to be. That has to stay in. That's what Algarandi said. Sorry. His rim is much like tequila. There's a little worm oh, wiggling around. God. At the bottom now. You had to Google that, didn't you? You were googling something. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, I didn't. Um, right. What are you all doing as you wake up refreshed? Uh, as Civic Cloaca's like, right, top of the morning to you. God, you look like you've had some fun, you sparkly bastard. Um, I think before we leave the Busty Barnacle, uh, Tatty is going to ask Civic Cloaca to refill his hip flask. Okay. Um, because that's probably running low. Um, just refill it with some, I don't know, whiskey or moonshine, something like okay. that. As he takes a bottle of brown liquor off the middle shelf and just pours up your hip flask, he says, all right, no worries. That'll be five copper pieces. It's not my best. It'll do you. It'll take the edge off. That's what it's for. Um, I'm just sorting out my currency. Five copper pieces. Excellent. Um, Proper grog. And then, yeah. And then I will uh, just turn to the rest of the guys and make sure we know where we where we need to go before we leave. Okay. Uh, Nicodranus. I think we. I think we need to go see Gwinter. Was it the blacksmith? Yes, you got Gwinter Murmurant. Uh, who's a blacksmith. Um, I don't think you necessarily bought anything off Alepolis, 
who was the I was thinking unicorn. did we did we buy the did we buy the armor from him for Barbara or was that from Gwinter as well? No, that was from Gwinter. Thought so. Um so just Gwinter and Algarundi, yeah. I think. Okay. So before you all set off, whilst you're all having a quick breakfast, Belsiar's second breakfast as he needs to get his strength back after a hard night's work. Um we're going to take a quick drinks break here. So we'll take five minutes and then we will pick up with the happy shopping. Okay. Shopping! See you in a minute. True crime, conspiracy theories, political ramblings. There's none of that on the brand new Adventures Anonymous Patreon account, but we do have exclusive content for our Patreon subscribers. Maps, artwork, and flash fiction from the AA Cinematic Universe. Puzzles, one-shots, and interviews. Live streams with the Adventurers Anonymous cast. With a Patreon subscription from just £2 per month, it's a great way to show us you care. Because we care. Go to patreon.com and search Adventurers Anonymous podcast. There we go. That's our fourth take of the evening. Holy shit. Fingers crossed. This one sticks. Okay, as we pick back up with the adventuring party as they make their way out of the front doors of the busty Barnacle Inn, a fresh morning in front of them, last night's debauchery and belligerence, a mere memory. As the warm morning light hits your face, you're greeted with the comings and goings of a city in resurgence as the city is slowly bouncing back from the humanitarian crisis which you caused. Uh, first stop, uh, we go to Gwinter's, the blacksmith. Yes. Making your way through a couple of side streets, you hear the thwap, thwap, thwap of metal on metal as you enter into the smoky forge and you see Gwinter working away. As she looks up, she's like, Oh, God. You take your time. Sorry, we had some um, had some business to attend to. All right, don't worry. Right, you've already paid. As she lifts up an amazing looking axe. Now the reverse handle of the axe has the spider tooth in it, which Hanash got from the beast that he killed at Nutbush Penitentiary and has now been worked lovingly into the handle, the reverse handle of the axe she hands it back to Hanash she's like be careful not to prick yourself on it right I'm not gonna I'm not gonna try and I'm not gonna try and compete with Chris Rags style for Hanash there's there's no way um I thought you were gonna say he just squats down and flings no 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 no. that's that's derivative Chris Rags Chris Rags Hanash contains multitudes I can't I can't begin to I can't begin to do it yeah, we t- uh, Hanash, Hanash takes the the great axe with the new the new spiked yes. handle thing, um, and uh, I guess Tati waits to see if there's some new armor for Lady as well for Barbara, should I say? As Quinta Murmurant looks behind her, and out at the back comes uh, Jeremy, as he's weighed under a pile of leather armor, as he. He's struggling as you hear a little wet cough from underneath the pile of leather armour as he's like... (coughs) As he walks in, he flashes eyes at you, Belsiar, and nods 
as he walks past handing Tatty the leather armor for Barbara. Thank you. Can I ask a a question to Jeremy? Yeah. Are you uh, owned by someone or do do you do this as a job? Community service. (coughs) Paying off crime. Okay, well, that's very that's very noble of you. I'll, I'll leave it at that. That's okay. I, I got very drunk and abused a swan, and I'm doing 4,000 hours of community service. <coughs> you, you monster. <laughs> I took a swan wing to the ribs. My lungs have never been the same since. That's what you get. Fuck around and find out, Jeremy. (laughs) (laughs) As he scuttles off into the back, as Barbara looks at you sheepishly, Tatty, as there's a pile of leather armor in front of her. Hmm. Um, I guess I I pick it up, and much like with when you, uh, someone who doesn't have a dog tries to figure out a dog harness for the first time. Uh, picks it up and like works out which 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 end is which end is which and where it fastens. Uh, make me an animal handling check with advantage. Ooh. As you have a close bond with her. Oh boy, uh, that's a twelve. A twelve. She's looking sheepish at first. She growls and then she remembers who she's talking to as she bows her head. She looks over at you, Maud, with big eyes. She's she's looking concerned about dress up time. Would you would you like to talk to her? I, I'd like to reassure her. Yes. Yeah, yeah I'd, I'd like to um I'd like to in her little language tell her that it's okay. It's okay a, not to worry. Listen, I don't like dressing up. And you know what? I'm not into leather. I, I would I would like to just gesture to Marvin who's like looking fly in his little sequin booties and his like his patent puffer jacket he is looking like the every boy band has a crazy member he's looking like the crazy member we're all uh, by the way listeners we're all now watching Matt's cat on a giant what's that called Matt it's a wheel it's not a treadmill it's a cat it's like a giant treadmill cat wheel as the cat is now wandering around. That's phenomenal. Do you power the electricity in your home off that cat? Yep, that's, uh, that's all the lights in the oven. Amazing. Amazing. There we go. Um, as you reassure Barbara, Barbara's like, all right, if you say so. As slowly between you, you clip plate armor onto Barbara, who now looks like a miniature rhinoceros um, mm-hmm. with all of her leather. I like it. Does she have? Does she have like, like a, a helmet? Uh, yes, but it but comes where, down to a point. It looks like a beak, so it's a bit like a, a plague doctor. Barbara has like a pointed, um, pointy beak yeah. to the front of her armor. Terr- terrifying! Absolutely terrifying. She's a like not on, not only is she a fucking missile in combat. Now she's absolutely terrifying. First, it was sexual misappropriation. Now it's fucking dressing me up in leather. Jesus Christ. All right. Keep the pocket bacon coming. Or is it leather? Barbara's vegan. She's like, 
as a staunch vegan, I really don't like wearing this cowhide. Couldn't you have fashioned me something out of... It's not real leather. Uh, it's clever, yeah, not leather. Real, real leather would have cost me a lot more. It's clever. She's like, I question the defensive properties of pleather. It, look. Does pleather defect our Look, eyes? it's just to keep you safe. <laughs> it's, keep, it's to keep you safe. In fact, I'm going to use speak with that. From in who? Fact, deviants and perverts. In fact, I'm going to use speak with animals now. I'm going to say, look, I know you don't like it. I know you don't want to wear it. But it's to keep you safe. You got you got attacked loads ages ago. I know it was ages ago, but it's the first time we've been in a, a place where I can buy something to help you stay alive. I know. You got you went I still feel it on a cold winter's morning. I can still feel the arrows in Yeah, there. you're no you're no spring chicken anymore. Fuck off. You can be angry with me, but you know I'm fucking right. All I ask, could you get her to put a flap at the back? This is really going to impinge on my love life. <laughs> Absolutely. Hey, you know, you know, we, you know, this is, yeah, you, you, yeah. you know, I'm, I'm, I'm all about whatever you want to do. Uh, you know, I don't ask questions. You once took coin. I didn't ask for it. I got the coin and then I used it to buy you food. You reluctant pimp. Anyway, get it to sort me out with a flap at the back. Uh, yeah, I turn around to Gwinter and I say, "Can we, um, can we do something about about the back? Just give it some kind of flap. Uh, just makes it easier for for Barbara to." Um, and I just say, "For Barbara to do her business," and I just let that sit. It's as she's like, "All right, yeah." As you slowly unclip the armor off her, you take a few minutes walking around, picking up trinkets in the shop, whilst you hear her working away. As she hands it back to you and says. Do you know what? I've heard of your good deeds that you did for Sister Perineus, so I will not charge you for this canine slut flap in the wolf armour. <laughs> it's on the house. Much obliged. Much obliged. That's quite all right. Any time. Slut flap. Barbara slut flaps. That's that's the that's the name. I would love to know what the drop off rate for listeners on this podcast is. just <laughs> 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 Someone made it this far. They're like, "Nope, canine slut flap is my life." Yeah, in the sand. yeah. It's it's nothing to do with it's 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 not like a time based drop off rate. If you looked at it episode by episode, it would be completely different. It's I think for this episode, it's probably about the point where we we made references to Algarundi not being able to sweat and the Pizza Express references. I like the idea that somewhere in Thailand. Someone is using our podcast as an English teaching resource and there's just a load of students translating our dialogue. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, the great, the, the great thing with this playing in takes is that we're going to get a fresh audience of people walking in at random times and they'll, they'll turn around and walk out again, but, you know. It's true. And the th important thing is, as a Venn diagram goes, vegans and deviants overlap. Quite a lot. <laughs> I'd love to see the statistics behind that. Yeah. Do you know that slitty bit in the middle of a Venn diagram? Don't call it a slitty bit. Don't call it a slitty bit, you <laughs> fucking deviant. We're right in the slitty bit of the Venn no. diagram. No, Shan, tell him. Oh, I don't like it. Make him stop. Make him stop. You're the only one with the power. <laughs> the, the slitty bit should be a vegan cafe. <laughs> <laughs>
Wear it, wear it with pride. Badge of honor. Wear your slitty bit with pride. Badge of honor. Yeah. Did you just call it a badge of honor? <laughs> um, filth. <laughs> Pure filth. That, that's next door. Uh, yeah, it's an Atticliff. <laughs> yeah. Everybody knows. Um, good. Excellent. Now that we've got that out of the way, listeners, I'm very sorry you had to hear that. Um, all making your way. I love the way Chanel's just gone quiet. She no longer wants a part in this. I, I don't know. I don't know how to add. What's the opposite to value? <laughs> <laughs> it's fine. After the, after the recording, they tranquilize me and put me back in my cage. Uh, the handlers will come out and sort me out. Right. As you make your way out of Murmurance's shop, um, well, Gwinter was her first name. Uh, as you make your way out of Gwinter's shop, she waves you off, winking at Hanash, who she's clearly taken a liking to. Hanash gets a lot of love. He is a green-skinned thirst trap. Um, making your way back down city, you see Alepilos, the small unicorn centaur, out the front of his shop as he nods at you. Uh, making your way down... You come to, finally, the city square where Algarundi's magic shop called the Clean Wand is in front of you. As you all stand in a line in front of it, Belsia, a bit of trepidation crosses you as you feel butterflies in your stomach. It's that awkward second day morning after visiting their shop and trying to wrangle a 25% discount of the standard 20%. The standard 20% for Algarundi's uh... <laughs> sexual conquests. Algarundi's n- nighttime friends. <laughs> have, you, have you seen how um, yes. crocodiles do death rolls? How they like will grab somebody mm-hmm. and then they'll just go into a death roll in the water. That's how I imagined last night was being. Yeah, I can. <laughs> Two crocodiles in a death scene. Rotating perpetually. That's too far. That's my line in the sand. You've crossed it. Um, so, <laughs> wow. a slitty bit in a Venn diagram. No, don't say it again. You, I've got an A. I've got A level mass. I, I know more than you. In fact, I've got a degree mostly in mass too. It's definitely called the slitty bit in a Venn diagram. How's that work for you? <laughs> it's fine. It's fine. I make all the money I need off this podcast. Just raking it in, raking it in. <laughs> Career choices were made. So, before you go and revisit Algarundi, is there anything you would all would do? You, do you want to tell them anything, Belsiar, or are we just going in cold? Did I? Can I say I got changed at the at the inn? Maybe. Oh, would you like to wreck on that? Yeah, absolutely. yeah. I'm wearing my dungarees um, again. I think I feel a bit weird. If I'm, yes, it's not a good look, is it? Um, I presume you also had a second shower. Yeah, and just. Um, not just leaving the trail crocodile. everywhere you go. Crocodile tears. Dear God. Just dribble, dribble, the trail of dribble everywhere you go. I just turn to everyone and say, I, I don't want to make this weird. I don't, don't want this to, <laughs> to, to make, feel, make anyone feel uncomfortable. But we had passionate crocodile sex last night. And uh, um, kind of, I kind of did it for the discount, but... The more I get to know this Algarundi, the more I think he's a man who knows his continental breakfasts. And uh, just please don't embarrass me in front of him because he's, he's quite special. He's a, he's a special man. We're, um, we're, we're really, we're, 
we're, we're, we're happy for you, um, Belsia. Um, you know, each to their own. Um, how much discount did you manage to swing for us? <laughs> well, f- first of all, and then the music starts playing, but there's a an extended montage of Belsia explaining everything they did, but he's just like waving his arms around. And you can't hear what he's saying, but it's just everyone's got a disgusted look on their face. <laughs> um, and then, the, and then the, the the audio comes back, and he says, "So that's how I got us a twenty percent discount." Ooh, Jesus Christ! Aristobulus leans out to the line of people and is like, "Do you need to get in the morning after pill?" It, it should be okay, as far as I know. I can't, I can't bear children not having a uterus, but. But uh, thanks for your concern, Aristobulus. It's, it's touching. That's all right. I mean, in this podcast, in this podcast, having a uterus means nothing. Hurtful, hurtful. I do have an A level in sexual health. Um, <laughs> as Arist- Aristobulus leans out of the line, is like, I just wanted to check because apparently I've got magic hands. As he like, he's like, if you did want me to. Um, nullify the birth you know with my magic hands i'm more than happy and you can't do it in this state you need to cross state lines <laughs> oh all right fair enough it's a four-day bus ride to the nearest place Jesus sorry Christ. well listeners that was topical if we hadn't crossed a line before we have now Cross crossing the state line now <laughs> yeah okay as you all make your way into Al Gurundi's magic shop, the Clean Wand. Stepping over the boundary, a fantastic whiff of joystick empowers you like a fist fucking to the olfactory gland. The, <coughs> the wonderful... Mag- <laughs> Don't look at me like that. Um, the wonderful aromas just really get up in your, in your palate um, as... You just see Kato coughing <coughs> on your shoulder. Everything okay there? Kane, K dog? K crow? He looks at you, he's like, oh, please just get on with this. I mean, you want to fuck your way to a money off voucher, you can do if you want. But it's, it's more complicated than that. Yes, that's some of it, but sometimes it's. I'm just saying a, a continental breakfast can go a long way. Yes, I'm sure it can. Don't get don't get don't get pissy. Don't get jealous, you you February He looks at you, he's like, Yes, we've all taken a buy one, get one free to the cloaca <laughs> before, but seriously, can we just nip this in the bud and get it on? Let's go, come on. Um is there anything that costs well is 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 Al in the shop? Yeah, you see Al come out from behind. Here's some beads at the back, a bit like uh, you get in pawn shops. As the beads part and Al walks out, he's wearing a fantastic smoking jacket that's just showing off his contours in his chest. As he looks first at you, Belsiar, he stands transfixed. Almost frozen to the spot as he then realises that there are other guests. As he makes his way round, um, just cordially inviting and welcoming everybody, um, as he's like... Oh, welcome back. It's so lovely to see you. Al, it really is. Friends of Belsia. Uh, please, call me Garundi. Garundi? <laughs> How do you do? Thank you. 
I'm quite all right, as he shakes your hand with a firm handshake. Uh, we've come to see about uh, the merchandise that we dropped off yesterday. Ah, oh, yes, you didn't drop them off. I have oh, um, yeah, that's good point. my friend here, who, far be it from me to look after your family jewels. No, no, no. As um, you see a small goblin with, like, um, four inches glit- thick glasses steps out from the beads as stands up on a tool as a little goblin's like, come on then, show me the goods. Um, I'll take out the, was it a sapphire and two rubies off the top of my head? It was a sapphire and two rubies, yes. Fuck yeah, the power of note-taking people, get into it. As the goblin sticks a ruby in its mouth and bites down on it, nods and then takes it out, looking at it through massive... So the goblin, the, the, the lenses on the goblin's glasses are so thick that it has two massive eyes. You just see, like, they're magnified. As he looks at it, holds it away from himself, sniffs it, and is like, very good. And carries on. Um, you see him taking some sort of tinctures out of a pouch and rubbing it, and then doing various um, checks on them as he's like, I concur, these are good. As he steps down off the stool and waddles through the back, leaving the three jewels on the counter. Thank, thank you. Yes. As um, Elgarundi turns around and is, Thank you, Marmaduke, thank you. Right, well, shall we talk brass tax? I believe we agreed on 20,000 gold coins. Sure did. I'm happy with that if you are. How would you like that? In... Cash? Okay, well, I mean, I don't know. I, I'm able to, you know, I can obviously give it to you in a store card. Um, we have a local Nicodranus shopping card, as he shows you various gift vouchers. He's like, or um, obviously store credit, just hard cash. Hard cash, like. will, hard cash will do for us. Um, oh, I mean, I look at everyone else and I just say, I think that's probably best. We we are gonna we are we are gonna be spending some of this in in your shop today, right now. We oh, just want you spoil. We just me. want the the feeling of having money for like a second, and then we'll and then we'll spend some of it. He clicks his fingers as again the beads part at the back of the shop as Jeremy comes out holding a leather satchel. As you just hear a little. <coughs> As he leans over the counter and puts a satchel on as it opens up, uh, you just see row upon row upon row of coins in it. Cool. Um, I 20,000 gold pieces. I look at everyone else and I say, 4,000 gold each. This is also Chris talking to the rest of the party. Please add, please add to your inventory. I will not be keeping track. <laughs> Um, I guess we. I guess we will. We'll take the gold and then, uh, in our heads, divvy it up amongst ourselves right now. But uh, in practice, that's that's split five ways. Hang on, Marvin. Six ways if any. you count Barbara. Seven ways if you count Marvin. Eight ways if you count Gaspard. Nine ways if you count Picato. Ten ways if you count. Kato. We have too many familiars, I think. Um, Marvin doesn't have... Marvin has all of his needs met. Marvin. Who's met Marvin's needs? Jesus Christ, everyone's <laughs> getting some. 
<laughs> there are some stories that we don't tell you about AJ. <laughs> oh, <sorry>. Okay, okay. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Four Phenomenal. Thousand. Four thousand gold, gold pieces. pieces. Just give me a second while I while I add this and just just quietly have a little moment to myself. Four thousand. Plus 25% discount. As he looks over at you, you see him whispering. He's just basically like silently wording 20%. <laughs> and just makes the like international spaff hand. Um, it's somewhere between the Nescafe spaff hand or like the Spider-Man hand. <laughs> or like he's, he's doing the kind of like 20%. Like... <laughs> <laughs> If you're making, you're making Al Garundi sound real sexy, but then he's doing things that make him, in my mind, look like Danny DeVito. <laughs> Beauty is in the eye of the beholder, which could definitely be a D&D reference if there was one. Um, 100%. Um, is there anything that you guys want? I've got a couple of things that I want to I wanna look for. Is there anything that you guys are after? Um, I'm looking for a... Um, tiara. A tiara. Um, as he looks around, um, he's like, I mean, is, is this strictly a magical tiara or just any kind of tiara? Uh, just just uh, decorative. If it happens to be magic, then brilliant. Okay. Um, let me just look in my inventory. I will come back to you on that. As he, he goes and scuttles through a tome at the back, oh. turning it oh. over. Um, he's like, hmm, surely we have something here. Hmm. I, know, I will have to check. One second, I will come back to you on that. And um, as he's like, can I, can I help anyone else with another, with another request while I'm here? Do you, Al? Yes. I, I can call you Al. Um, After last night, you can call me whatever you want. Um, I'm looking for something special, yes, and material in not in a, a sexual or romantic sense. A, a thing, Al, something I can buy and take away with me. Uh, is there anything good that you sell? He reaches under the counter as he pulls something out. He's like, "I do have this." Vial of my blood, if you would like it. What? This vial of my blood. Maybe you could wear it in memory of me. As long as it's just blood. That's it. Um, it's 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 very uh, very Angelina very Jolie. Touching, but I mean, does does this vial convey any plus two effects? Or <laughs> speaking in a in a purely hypothetical sense, if we lived in a world of, I mean, in a purely hypothetical sense, this is. The vial of communicable diseases. If you were to crack it open, you could get all sorts of nasties. But um, let let's just say that it is the vial of affection. Uh, and how much is the vial of affection now? Well, I think you've already paid for it. As he passes you a vial of his own blood into your hand, it's on a leather cord, so you can wear it around your neck. Belsy has never been more disappointed in his life. <laughs> but. Wow. But Fane's 
Can I roll deception to see if I can feign it's a little bit like appreciation of of this terrible gift? Is this what is this what love bombing is? You're just getting giving given <laughs> like love like getting love bombed by someone in the Church of Scientology. <laughs> okay, that's a seventeen. So I assume he manages to. That's very kind. As, as you manage to hide your disappointment, you manage to push it down as you take his hand in yours and as you come away, there is just the leather thong with a glass vial of his blood as he's like, remember me with it. And you know what? Maybe one day you could use it in a summoning spell and I'll just be whisked away from this dull life to be with you on an adventure. Oh, so it does have a practical purpose. I mean... Thank you, Al. Yes, you're not just going to get herpes off it. Uh, yes, that's no, that's uh, of course the emotional value is far more important to me than any practical value. But it's good to know it also has a practical value. That's what that's wonderful. Yes. Well, I hope last night was just the beginning of something far more <sighs> passionate. But you never know. Take this as a thanks from me with a twenty percent discount. As he looks back over at Maud, he's like, yes, we do have a tiara. We have the tiara of mind trap, if you're interested. Whilst wearing it, people may not read your mind. Your mind will be but a blank page to people if you wear this tiara. Can I lend it out to people? Or is it solely mine? Well, I mean, you must attune to it. So, after a short rest and attuning, you can... It will block people knowing your thoughts if anybody can try and penetrate the inner workings of your mind, they will come back with nothing but a blank page. It's not really much going on there. Uh, <laughs> I mean, do you have one that, that shoots mind bullets? Um, no. As um, he pulls out from behind the counter, um, as he's like, I have the sandals of magic missiles. Oh. Do they have a heel on them? No, they're sandals. They're, they're purely flat. Oh, not my aesthetic, I'm afraid. No. Um, do you have... I've got the toe rings of contraception. No. Whilst wearing these toe rings, it is almost impossible to conceive. That's because they repel men. <laughs> what, about, what about the earrings of the screeching harpy? Do you have those? The earrings of the screeching harpy... No, but I do have the earrings of eavesdropping, if you are interested. Oh, I mean. So two earrings, you take one off and you leave it somewhere, and then the other earring attunes to it, and then you can hear things that are spoken around the first earring from a distance of 100 feet, allowing you to eavesdrop on people. I like it. I mean, how much is that? 3,500 gold pieces. (sighs) With a discount. Right, Al? For, for my good friend here? <sighs> I give him a little peck on the cheek. With a discount, that would come... 20% discount on 3,500 would be 700 pounds off, which would take it to 2,800 gold pieces. Okay. I would like to agree to that. So yes, can I see please? As he hands them to you, they just look like plain um, silver earrings. Uh, they're not adorned with anything fancy. Um, but he's like, if you take one off when you're attuned to them, you can leave it anywhere and um, up to several hundred feet, I believe. I would like to uh, hold 
one up to the I'd like to hold them both up to the light, just to appraise them slightly. Look at them. And I look at him. And I look at the earrings. And I say, are they solid silver? No. I mean, who knows? It's not about the material they're made out of. It's about the no, dark magic. No, but I'm just magic. asking, what's the material that they're made out of? Aluminum. And I'd like to drop them directly into my mouth and swallow them. <laughs> uh, okay. Um, to, to, Jesus Christ. <laughs> Having flashbacks to last night. Um, 2,800 gold pieces, please. Just like to smile and walk away. As he's like, okay. Pressing a button underneath the counter, you see the front doors lock. Al, Al, I'm sure, I'm sure she didn't mean to swallow them. I'm sure we can come to some kind of agreement. As Jeremy comes out from the back through the beads. Jeremy comes out wearing a guard's uniform. <laughs> Jeremy just comes out with a tiny cudgel as he's like, <coughs> 2,800 gold pieces, please. At this point, Marvin would like to steamroll Jeremy. Oh, fuck's sake. <laughs> Another Chanel's always like, can we finish the episode on time? Rather than, <laughs> like, picking fucking armed combat. Right, Marvin wants to steamroll Jeremy. Okay, well, we're going to yeah, call that, we're gonna call that a surprise attack. No problem. Yes. <laughs> Rule of cool. Here we go. Is it... Uh, it's going to be an unarmed attack. So, with surprise, I'll give you an advantage on that one. So, do you have... Let me just quickly pull up the fucking stats for a D&D goat. Dear God, listeners. One, one HP. <laughs> oh, God. Hold on, listeners. This was not intended. Tati is going to turn to Algarundi and say, I was so looking forward to shopping at your store. Well, I would behave myself if it was 25%. You fucking tight git. Okay, so the goat is going to use charge. If the goat moves at least 20 feet in a straight line towards a target and then hits him with a ram attack on the same turn, the target takes an extra two bludgeoning damage. So okay. as a creature, he must succeed or be knocked prone. Okay, so make me... Roll me a d20. At the bottom, d20. Yep, just roll me a d20. Five. Five. A ram has a plus three to it, which makes... And eight. Um, Do I not get an advantage? So I get Yeah, roll two. another one. Yep. You have an advantage. Fifteen. Fifteen plus three makes eighteen, beating Jeremy's non-existent armor class. He has very low armor <laughs> class as a sickly orphan. Um, yeah, boy. Roll me a d4 and add one. Twelve, ten, a hundred, eight, six, four. Do I get advantage with that? No, that's just damage. Uh, Okay, it's a three plus one is a four. There's a four, okay. He's going to make a strength saving throw. Um, Jeremy passes a strength saving throw. So he's not pushed back, but he does take. So Jeremy takes four points of damage. Um, (laughs) Killing him instantly. Yeah, Jeremy throws up his own lungs. Jeremy slowly licks blood off his own lips um, as he then turns around to Marvin. He's going to take a swing with his oh cudgel. <laughs> he gets 20 to hit. Um, a goat's armor class is 10. 
as he is now going to... Jesus Christ. He does three damage to Marvin, slapping him across a hoof. You see Marvin's knee buckle underneath him as Marvin hits the floor in a huge amount of pain, looking... Absolutely. You see Marvin just lying on the floor, whimpering in pain with a damaged leg. It's now Marvin's turn. What's Marvin going to do? Marvin's going to summon the bees. (laughs) (laughs) Jesus Christ. Marvin's not playing anymore. Marvin's going to summon the bees. (laughs) It's going to be like a scene out of my girl. I mean, we're going to have to play out this combat. You're no longer part of this combat, unless you want to be part. Do you want to enter the combat in initiative here? Because the bees are yours. I'm just killing very easily. Like, this is Marvin's fight. Are you leaving Marvin? Is Marvin going to attack Jeremy back? Well, what's Marvin's health? Well, Marvin had four hit points. He's lost three of them. So, oh, oh, no. Right now Mar- we have to save Marvin. <laughs> right. It's Marvin's turn. So what's Marvin doing? Um, Marvin is cowering behind me. Well, no, he can't. He's on the floor in front of... Oh, no. He's on the floor in front of a man with a cudgel. It's now Marvin's turn. He's either going to use his action to disengage and run off, or he's going to attack Jeremy. She bites him. Marvin's going to oh, bite no. him. Oh, no. <laughs> okay, make me an unarmed attack again. Oh, no. Roll me for an unarmed attack on a goat. So make roll me a D6. Uh, roll me a D20, please. D20. Do I get advantage? No. What? 13. 13 plus 3 hits Jeremy as um, I need you to roll me a D4 and add 1. 7. How can you roll a D4? Add one and get seven. <laughs> the maximum you could possibly get is five. I know you like to cheat, but even by your standard. <laughs> Don't want my goat dying. <laughs> five. Four plus one is five. Four plus one is five. Yeah. Ah, oh, fuck. As Jeremy leans over to batter in the goat's brains, Marvin leaps up, clamping down on Jeremy's jugular as the blunt goat's teeth crush into the small child's windpipe. You hear a sickly gurgle and a crunch as blood spews forth from the front of the small child's mouth. As his eyes go wide and he falls back on the floor, you see Marvin on one gammy leg standing victorious over the small asthmatic orphan who he has just murdered in the name of a robbery. As Algarundi is like, okay, well, this has taken a odd turn, um, as he just sinks behind the um, doors at the back, as you see him go through the curtains as a door slams, as you're all shut inside his magic shop, looking at the rapidly cooling down and twitching body of the small orphan that Marvin has just murdered. You all look up at each other in utter fear and bewilderment. And that is where we're going to pause with this week's God episode. damn it! I really wanted to do some shopping! <laughs> <laughs> Instead a goat murdered an orphan. <laughs> you, a goat has just... I had to play that out, listeners. I'm very sorry. I played that to the rules and the stat blocks, which... I, I do not apologise. No, no. But Tati next week. You will shop. No, 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 no. There's no, there's no, there's no hatred for this. When committing a crime, who brazenly walks up to the counter and fucking swallows the goods before, before getting their fucking therapy goat to murder the assistant? Well, what's he going to do about it? 
about it. It's a, a tiefling once a month, and we're going to sit there. Okay. Plenty more of those sickly coughing Jeffries, aren't there? <laughs> yeah, that's just yeah, they're, yeah, they're like a what you call it, a homunculus. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Good, love a good homunculus. I asked somebody what a homunculus was once, and they said, um, "Imagine an effigy of a human being, but it's made out of sawdust and semen." Mm. I was like, hmm, I think that's a very, very good description. Right, Belsia, I don't know what this means for your love life. We will have to find out next week. Maud, that is the most amazingly chaotic thing you've ever done. Um, and Chris, all I can say is I'm very sorry that you still haven't got to. Um, it's cool. It's cool. I've got a I've got a business opportunity for Algarundi. I'm sure we can. I'm sure he'll he'll see. I'm sure he'll see the value in the decisions that we have made. Yes. What a fucking what a way to part. What a gift as you part ways. Murder his fucking store assistant. Just imagine the city's economy is going to be in fucking tatters as all of the like sales assistants are now. No more. It's like in a TV show when a random character gets some backstory and you're like, oh, well, they're going to die at the end of the episode then. Like, they've, they've got their five minutes of backstory. <laughs> he was the, yeah, the red jacket in the turbo lift. That's what he was. <laughs> I thought you were going to say he was only, Jeremy was only one day away from retirement. One <laughs> yeah, day away from he had retirement. He one hour left. He had one hour left on his last shift. His girlfriend was pregnant and waiting in the hospital about to deliver the first um, child. I think when you say retirement, what you really mean is the end of his community service. Oh, yeah, absolutely, yeah. In case you forgot that. Probably this was an honour killing from the Swan community. Yeah. On behalf of Marvin. <laughs> yeah, marvellous. Marvin, kill, Marvin kills him and then goes, ah! <laughs> A message from the Swans. Yeah. Ah! Tell the other orphans what you saw here today. <laughs> <laughs> You're finished. No. You've got any more. <laughs> yeah, I'm done. I'm done. Listeners, that is all we can hope to achieve for one evening. Was that the ending we thought? No. Was it the ending we deserved? Probably. But before we let you go, we just want to say a massive thank you for tuning in for another dollop of fun-packed fantasy fuck nuggetry. And seeing as you've made it this far, why not consider hitting that subscribe button and never missing another episode again? Why would you want to miss this unique blend of deviancy and chaos? But yet, if you are feeling flirty, why not give us a five-star review on whatever podcasting platform you are on? All of your reviews, recommendations go a long way towards validating us and helping us come back week after week to churn up more deviancy. If you fancy chatting to us about anything that you've heard on this episode, you can... <laughs> oh dear god you can do that on a number of platforms we have an 0800 number that you can ring uh no we don't you can find us on uh, facebook you can find us on instagram mastodon probably on reddit but you can mostly find us on twitter at adventurers a n o number one and that just leaves time to say a massive goodbye from jeremy mr chris neal the voice of tatty Goodbye, my precious blueberries, and goodbye from Jeremy. Goodbye, Jeremy. He's never coming back. Forever. It's a massive goodbye from the scaly Casanova himself, Mr. Matt Durant. Goodbye. And it is a massive goodbye from the fucking ruiner of all narrative fucking <laughs> itself. <laughs> go, go, go. Wolf.
And on that note, listeners, hopefully we will (laughs) see you back here next week for more improvised fantasy fuck nuggety. But in the meantime, shut up. I nearly made it all the way through without fucking that up. (laughs) Nearly. (sighs) Fuck nuggety. Let's try that again, listeners. Let's try that again. Hopefully we'll see you back here for more improvised fuck nuggetry next week. But in the meantime, remember, stay tipsy. Goodbye. Are you going to sing us out, Mr. Durant?